Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Everybody, it is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio there 1070. We go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Still just a little <laughs> tiny glitch. Well, no, no, it was not connected. We had to connect. It just turned out wasn't there we connected. Go. All right. All right. We're all set. Great to have you with us on this Thursday. We have our high school roundtable coming up today. Mark Wogenrich today. I assume it's the same cast on the high school roundtable. That is correct. Um, Now, I realize that one member of our broadcast team, I mean, our our Sealands Grove broadcast team is beloved. I think that'd be fair to say, right? I think that is fair, absolutely. Our our Lewisburg broadcast team, Michaels and Wetzel, beloved. Chief, easily, wouldn't you say? Beloved, right? Yes, definitely. Always with the chief. And 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 then there's the person who was antagonistic toward <laughs> Jersey Shore, and refuses to come on the show. I, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Uh, the biggest story that will be going on in sports today will be the fact Clippers may hire Ty Lue. That's nice. <laughs> okay. No offense, but that's nice. You have to remember, it's the NBA, and when you're talking about uh... – <laughs> You're talking about ESPN. You got 1.4 billion a year in there, so they're gonna. Every story is a big, big story. Okay, so during the break, I'm gonna have to get your email. Why? Because the king smashed his phone accidentally with a hammer. So he needs your email because he can't text right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> that would happen to him. <laughs> if anybody would know on the face of the earth, it would be me. <laughs> oh, <geez. clears throat> 
You can really. <laughs> I can see it now. He's working, working, working. He put the phone down there and went, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have Brad Nessler today. Awesome. Yes, last minute. Wow. Yep. We'll we'll catch him in his travels. He told me he's halfway to Tuscaloosa right now. Tuscaloosa right now. Yeah, because he lives in the Atlanta area. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Wow, what a bonus. Brad Nessler is one of those guys who's a big-time guy, right? Big-time guy. He's done big-time stuff. You know, we talk about the NBA. He, he's done the NBA Finals. When TNT had the country um, league guy for the on the NFL games, when TNT had it, he is about as nice and as down-to-earth as there is on the planet. I mean, that's who he is. And be interesting because obviously they got Georgia Alabama coming up on uh, Saturday night. Is that the seven thirty game? Uh yeah, it's the eight o'clock game on uh, on CBS. Eight o'clock on CBS. When the night is over with, there will be one undefeated team in the SEC. Now, who would have thought? Now, was this week four for the SEC? That makes sense. Uh, 26, 3, yeah, this will be week four. That they'd be one? At midnight, Saturday, after week four, it'll be one. Amazing. But that's what's happened with the schedule this year. What has happened with the schedule is this. You know, I know that people complain about well, why are they playing Idaho? Why are they going to play Villanova? And I get it. It's your money. I totally get where you're coming from. But you can't play Alabama and Georgia every week. That is schedule insanity. When you don't have any preseason games, as the NFL is finding out, when you don't have preseason games and you have to get out of the gate with a regular season game, you need to get out of the gate and usually find out what's, in a car analogy, under the hood first. You find out, because you have more talent, you should be able to win. So in the process of going through that, you can make, let's pick a number, 20 to 30 mistakes and get away with it because you have more talent. But when you sit down to talk to your team, you can look at them and say, "Um, okay, guys, uh, we're not going to get better unless we're better at this, better at that, better at that. Now, at the same time, you obviously do enough things right in the game. All right, we're off to a great start here. Let's try and build on that. We've got a great start here. Now let's build on that. But when you're going out and immediately facing a legitimate opponent right out of the gate, you can't afford mistakes. You need to keep your mistakes to a minimum. LSU found out 
about that against Mississippi State. Oklahoma's find out that twice already. Between Iowa State, Kansas State. They haven't been able to work their way in to a season, work their way into games. Thus, the number of undefeated teams is dwindling so early. I mean, Clemson's undefeated. Uh, North, well, I think North Carolina is. Notre Dame obviously is. But that'll change when Clemson plays Notre Dame. They have to play each other. Uh, the Big 12 has, I guess technically, I think, like in conference they have undefeated teams, but they don't have people are undefeated there. I guess Oklahoma State's undefeated, right? So Oklahoma State's undefeated. But they still have to play Texas and they have to play Oklahoma. And I think because you're missing a couple of games at the front that allow you to work out in competition some of your issues that you can disguise because you have more talent. I think that's playing a role in what we're seeing right now. People have had to go out and play other decent, good teams right away. Penn State is going to get out of the gate a week from Saturday, and they are going to play at Indiana. That's a really good team to get out of the gate against. Really good team. It's not like Penn State over the years hasn't had a game like that. I mean, look at the number of times Penn State's played in the kickoff classic or the pigskin classic where they had to play a Nebraska one year. Georgia Tech was the defending national champion. USC, they've had to do that a couple times in the kickoff classic. Arizona, I mean, they played that kind of game. Then James had to open up first game with UCF in Ireland. So you have games like that. I think Bill O'Brien's second season, they opened with Syracuse at the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium. All right, now Syracuse isn't going to sit there and you're not going to sit there and go, wow, but it's not Idaho either. So you don't have those games at the front this year, and I think that's why you're seeing more of a topsy-turvy college football season because nobody's had those games to then figure out who they are and what direction they need to go in and who can really play and who really can't play. I think that's made a big difference. And no, that's at least that's what I think has played a role in it so far. And by the way, when Oklahoma goes to Stillwater, Toby Rowland the play-by-play guy for Oklahoma. Very complimentary of Stillwater. Doesn't put down the town. 
doesn't put down the Oklahoma State program, goes and works and does the game. I mean, if that's how you need to approach it, man. One hundred percent. A play-by-play person cannot go in there and need pure later security to get him in and out of the high school stadium. It's just my, my <laughs> it's just my opinion. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. Seals Grove looks to make it two in a row. Shikalumi looks to bounce back. Lewisburg looks to bounce back. Our high school roundtable next half hour. Then Mark Wogenrich, SI.com, and Brad Nessler in the final half hour. To talk about Alabama and Georgia. Nick Saban will not be on the sideline, nor during the game can he communicate with the team. Can't communicate to the coaching staff. Any of that stuff can't do it. And that will be the story on that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is three finalists. Wow. So that's where he is, huh? He's down to three. It's either the Chiefs, the Dolphins, or the Bills. Wow. And Rich Samini, who we found on the show before, mentioned this. Those are the next three games for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be so Le'Veon Bell to make a decision based on who the Jets have next. Well, if I were him, I'd pick one that has an offensive line. All right. <laughs> yeah. That would that would go a long way to my choice. And two of the three do. Um, Chiefs, Dolphins, or Bills, huh? Chiefs are interesting because remember Williams is sitting out the year because of COVID concerns, and you know it's because of his mom. That's why he's sitting out, and they don't have uh, Lashawn McCoy anymore. But that's uh, that's interesting. All right, we'll see what he does. Uh, I think he is, uh, for the most part, has become a non-factor in the league. I think he's a name, but not a factor. I kind of felt the same way about Todd Gurley. Name who, because of injuries, I mean, it's not his fault, injuries, but has has slid down to be more of a non-factor in the league. Well, that happens. My sentiment's exactly about Bell. More of a pain in the rear end than an actual good player. Yeah, it just he's just become a non-factor. Um, look, I, the area of... Uh, let me say this to Le'Veon Bell's defense with the Steelers. Steelers did nothing wrong. They did what they did by the rules. Bell's complaint is with his Players Association. They agreed to it. But to me, I think it should be okay to franchise a player once, but not twice. And that's where Bell was. And I don't blame Bell. You know, suddenly it's, you're in, I know it's a lot of money. I got that. But they keep controlling your destiny. And so I understand that. 
Now, franchising once, yes. Franchising twice, nah. You sit there and go, man, that's how you feel like the, that somebody's stepping over the line when they do that. Even though the, the even though you are allowed to do it. But that is something that the Players Association should have negotiated. I mean, it, I can understand franchise tagging, but once, not this multiple stuff. I mean, you can control a player for a long time by using that system. I, Something about it, in other words, yeah, you can do it, but it doesn't pass the smell test. And I, and I haven't seen the new collective bargaining agreement, but I the, didn't seem like that was in there. That was changed. All right. High school roundtable next half hour. at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. Great dealerships have great products and great people. Sunbury Motors has all that. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Before we get to our high school roundtable, I know, Matt, you've asked about this, but just so you know, uh, people have wondered how we're going to be set up this year on the Penn State Sports Network to do games, and I can tell you now that we are traveling. We are going to be uh, on site for every game this oh, year. Oh, good. So we're, we're not going to be calling... Uh, we're not going to be calling uh, games from a studio or anything like that. When We'll physically be at Memorial Stadium Bloomington. We'll be in Lincoln. We will be at Ann Arbor. We'll be at Rutgers. And then whatever happens after that in Game 9 in the bowl game, all right? So that's, that is the decision that was given to us. We just think it we, – we think, Jack Ham and I feel very strongly um, that – a, we wanted to do it this way, but B, we felt it was best for the audience to do it this way. You can see, you can see the whole field. And I give Merrill, for example, all the credit in the world. Merrill sounds like he's there and because Merrill is just a, a pro's pro. Sounds awesome. So let's get to our high school football roundtable. Sealands Grove won last week, 28 nothing over Shikolami. Zach Showers joins us. Uh... Zach, what was it like watching 
the suit, head down, go to the cart. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see. <laughs> no, no, that's not the first question. What came together last week? I mean, defensively, they played well, but offensively, what came together? Um, what came, really came together was the run game um, for really the first time since week one. Um, Salinger was able to um, establish the running game, uh, specifically uh, fullback Ryan Ahmet had a big game, had over 90 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And the line was just able to kind of stick with it, to move the pile a little bit. Um, there wasn't any, um, if you want to say, uh, explosive plays as much, but they were able to establish the running game. They put a drive or two together. Um, and just overall be a bit more consistent um, than what they have the other um, the past couple weeks. Defensively, they played well for the most part. I'd say most of the season. Now, in this game, they they pitch a shutout. How much did the offense have to do with the defense shutting them out because of the time of possession? Um, it it did a little bit. I I think um, it. Believe it or not, of the 28 points, the offense only scored 14 of them. Um, they Grove was able to get on the board um, in the second quarter on an 86-yard punt return touchdown um, to go up 7 nothing. And then at the beginning of the second half, uh, Schick fumbled the opening kickoff and gave Grove a short field. So they were able to get up 14 nothing. Um, and I, I think, yes, absolutely the ability to hold on to the ball a little bit longer um, there wasn't quite as many three and outs, um, and you, you know, even if you're able to get, you know, a first down or two as opposed to going three and out, that can definitely keep your defense fresh. And um, I think this team was able to play, especially the defense was able to play a little bit more confidently, knowing that they had the lead and didn't quite have to play as perfect. And because of that, um, they just, you know, came back and Playing. made a lot of plays. Playing with the lead is such a big item psychologically. That punt return had to do wonders for them psychologically to do that. Uh, so what about this week? You try to make it two in a row, but this this one is not going to be easy. No, it's not. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I think this is the first time in Steelers Grove football history and probably a lot of uh, local teams' history where – they play the same team for the second time in the regular season. Yeah, um, I mean that's that that's the part that's so interesting. Uh, you know, where it, it's like the NFL schedule you're playing in division, and now you have something to compare it to the first time. Yeah, and and what's interesting, and I'll I'll come back to that question, but to jump ahead, um, Steelers plays Shemokin next week, and the way points are set up. Um, Seals Grove played Shemokin in week three. They're going to play them in week seven, and there's a good possibility that the two teams will play again in week eight in a district playoff game. <laughs> so wow. um, you could end up having a lot of craziness um, happening with that. But, um, yeah, Seals Grove lost 7-3 a couple weeks ago to Central Mountain, and really they left about 28 points on the board in that mm-hmm. first half um, between – um, twice having the ball inside the five-yard line, um, one down to the one-yard line and the other time down to the three-yard line, um, and also a drive late in the game. Um, Seelands Grove, I'm pretty confident, I think, is going to be able to handle Central Mountain defensively. Um, they've been able to run the ball, and Seelands Grove, for the most part, was able to shut down Central Mountain the first time they played. Um, it's As we've said a lot the past couple of weeks, it's really going to boil down to whether the offense can get things going. 
Um, Central Mountain was a bit vulnerable last week. Um, they put up a lot of points against Shemokin, but they did give up over 300 yards passing. That's not an area where Salem's Grove has had much success this year. They've yet to score a passing touchdown this year. Um, last week, they only the wide receivers only had three catches. Um, so I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Seelands Grove can get that rushing game going. And right. really, um, we talked you know last week about can Seelands Grove just get a couple positive plays. And I think right now, if if Seelands Grove can just get hit a couple plays in the passing game, it mm-hmm. doesn't need to be big plays. They don't need to get 300 yards passing. But if they can just hit a couple of those early, it's going to make it's going to be big for the confidence of the offense, and it also should open up a little bit of the running game more than what they've had lately. Zach, great work as always. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, thanks for having me as always. That game is on Eagle One Hundred and Seven tomorrow night, seven o'clock kick, six o'clock airtime. All right, Lewisburg. Lewisburg on 100.9 the Valley. Greg Wetzel is there, fresh off firing a 300 par 69. Steve, I wish I could say that was true, but I can't. <laughs> well, I wish I wish I could have said it too, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'm in a better place today, Steve. I'm up above Slate Run in a cabin in Pine Creek. Oh, Went on nice. a big bike ride today on the tra- rails, the trails. I. I've watched three eagles fly over a cabin for about 15 minutes watching them. Uh, I'm having a great time up at a cabin right now. That's incredible because it's interesting you talk about birds circling. Uh, the yeah. suit, there was a, there were some vultures. Uh, so it, yeah. and, and, and he got out of the car quickly and ran into the building. It's amazing what buzzards do. All right, so. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, <laughs> uh, Greg. Uh, what is? Why aren't some of the tumblers falling into place for this team? Well, you know, Steve, everyone uh, in the Lewisburg coach have just shakes their head with the schedule that they've had this year. You know, they played Central oh. Columbia, who was ranked in the state at that time. <laughs> It's, then they it's go not going, to it's, it's Danville, not about who to get ranked better. in the state when they played them. Uh, Greg, and Greg, then they play Greg. Montoursville, who was ranked fifth in the yeah. state. And it's now they get, get to better. Southern Columbia, who's ranked <laughs> yeah. one or two, depending on what poll you look at, you know. Um, schedule is part of it. Uh, and, and, you know, Steve, it's not like college where you recruit players. It's right. uh, who comes up through the system. And uh, right now, their Jimmys and Joes, some aren't quite as good as some of the Jimmys and Joes they're playing right now. And uh, the, the coaching staff is working with them. They, they've simplified things offensively. Uh, defensively, they're rotating as many guys in as they can to get them playing time experience so they don't get tired out. Uh, but um, they just have run up against a heck of a schedule this year. Yeah. I mean that, and that that's really tough because it can play a game. You know this, Greg. You, you can get a little bit better, get a little bit better, but it still plays a game with your confidence a little bit. Like, oh, second yeah, something yeah. goes wrong, and the shoulders go down. And the and I can tell from when you and I have talked, the Lewisburg kids are trying their darndest. This is not they an are. effort thing. Yep, yep. They they really. And you know what? I was at practice Tuesday night. 
um, talk to several kids after practice, and then I talk to the coach for singing and stuff. The kids have a great attitude, you know, and the coaches have to say, look, we're not looking at scores, guys. We're looking at just trying to make you better, make things happen. You know, this is what we want to have happen. You know, we don't need to score 45 points a game to get to say you guys are playing great offense. We need you guys to follow your assignments and do your assignments, and, and that's the thing they're working on this week. Don't worry about the guy next to you. Worry about yourself. You fill your gap. Don't worry about the guy behind you filling his gap or beside you filling his gap. Uh, do your job. Not tr- don't try to do too much. I guess so. I want to say no, no, and I know what you mean because I want to expand upon that for a moment. Yeah, I'll give her, I'll give everybody a basketball example. You're the underdog. You're facing a top team. Mm-hmm. You don't look at it in the entirety of the forty minutes. Right. All right, guys, let's go out. Let's win. Uh, to the under-16 timeout. Okay, now we're done. Now our next goal is let's win yep. to the under-12 timeout. You break mm-hmm. the game down into segments. Yep. Does Lewis, is, is that part of, you talked about, let's get better here, is that part oh, yeah. of the Lewisburg philosophy right now? Let's do this in segments and not look at the game as, as its entirety. Exactly. They're, they're talk- I mean, the other night they spent an hour of practice working on angles, pursuit angles on defense, you know, because they're going up against the Garcia boy who's a heck of a running back, Gavin Garcia. I mean, his brother is at Michigan right now yeah. on a wrestling-slash-football scholarship. Uh, and he, this kid's just as good, uh, and, but he's a great cutback runner. So they're, that, was, that was an hour of practice, essentially, on defense the other night, working and staying in your lanes and pursuit angles yeah. If he if he would try to cut back, uh, so those are like the little things we're trying to work with these kids to get better. Uh, is it going to stop Southern Columbia from scoring thirty points? Probably not. Maybe not. But you know what? It could uh, well, because in high school, you never know what's going to happen. And, and that's why I said, is is this uh, an impossible task for Lewisburg? Some might say it is, but it's not impossible. But it's a monumental task for them to. Uh, to compete for four quarters against Southern Columbia, but they could compete maybe for one quarter, like you said, then talk about it, two quarters, and then at halftime go in feeling, yeah. feeling good about themselves and, and go from there and see what happens. But it's, uh, it's, it's a game where, you know what, hey, you wanna, you, when, you're, when you're an athlete, you want to see how you do against the best. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and, you know, and that's what Lewisburg is being able to do this year. They're being able to compete against the best and see what yeah. they need to do to become better athletes or better a better team, I guess I should say, because they, they do have some athletes. Lewisburg, I mean, I'm not saying they don't have athletes. They have really some really good athletes, but what they need to do is put it together as a team and not individually, and that's what they're working on. And that's interesting you mentioned that because Jim from San Francisco – sent an email to the show at the beginning of the week about scoring in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And I brought up, you know, obviously great offensive players, great offenses. I said, but it's it's a combination of mediocre tackling, which happens early in seasons now because of the way preseasons are constructed. Sure. I said, look, I'm yep. seeing, and when you have mediocre tackling, guess what happens? You start taking yep. bad angles. That's right. I, and that, I was glad to hear you talk about the angle part because I thought that that's a really important element. That's just, that tells me that's good coaching right there. 
Yep. Right? You may and they not are. They're, have. they're doing yeah. a lot of little things right now to try to make these kids better. And you know what? After this week, uh, again, you look at this game on paper, it's not supposed to be close. Who sure. knows what's going to happen? But you know what? They could be competitive in the next two games. They can win the next two games. And that's what these coaches are trying to get their heads right and keep their heads right so they are competitive these last two games of the year. Hey, it's the best way to approach it. Greg, it's That's always great. a pleasure. Thanks so much. Congrats on the three under 69. You're just too modest to mention. <laughs> okay, thanks, Steve. Take care. <laughs> He's seeing bald eagles, and somebody else is seeing buzzards. <laughs> and he has joined us now here in studio because can't get in touch with the Chiefs, so he, so the Kevin's over here, and we'll, uh, we'll get it going now. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks. You're, right. you're much happier now. I mean, you got games to work on. You're, you're in a, you're in your zone now. Yeah. <laughs> and time to take a break. All, All right. right. So great. great to have you with us. Good luck with the game. Good luck with the security. Uh, how disapp- how disappointing was Friday night? Because I mean, the punt return should not be a backbreaker. But it, it sounds to me like it felt like it was. It, it kind of, yeah, it kind of was. Um, you know, I, I, it was a very good return. The blocking was there. He just gets, Ford just gets to the wall and just uses the speed. To, Brett Ford just uses speed down the sidelines and just outruns everybody. And it kind of took the wind out of the sails a little bit. But I think what really made the change is Shiklami gets the ball to start the second half. It's a yeah. seven-point game. And then the kickoff bounces off his chest, off of his knee pad, and right into a Sealands Grove uh, kick ret- or a kickoff team member. And yeah. I never did see who get, did get the return because of the, the quick pile on, but it just went right into his hands, laid right, right. down, and, and that is really when the air went out of the sidelines. All right, so where are they right now with this? They've had some, some good moments. And they're going to face a terrific team, despite what you think. On a they Friday are a terrific night. team, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't bother making up for it now. Those people do not like you there. They, uh, they are a terrific team. They put up 28 in the first quarter the last time uh, these two teams met. Yeah. Um, where, where are they at right now? And here, here's the situation. And we've talked about this on the broadcast several times. You have Duncan Weir, who's a very talented athlete, playing a linebacker, middle linebacker. He's playing it about as well as you possibly can in this 3-5. He loves this Mike position. On the offensive side of the ball, he's been, you know, kind of a receiver slash running back. He's a guard now. He was a guard last right. week because we're because Coach Kaiser's running out of offensive linemen. And yeah. I said to him in the pregame interview, do you have two offensive linemen here in week five that have played two games together? He goes, no. No. And that's been the real challenge here for this team. The skill players are there. The position players are there. It's the offensive line. And and this is all about combo blocks. I mean, this is all about getting the combo block, getting off onto the next level block. And that's where it's been really, really tough with this patchwork offensive line. So with all that, I know this is a simplistic question that I've asked many, many times, but how, how valuable would it be for them tomorrow night to play with the lead? Oh, I think that's huge. 
I mean, we, we saw that against Shemokin uh, playing with a two-score lead and then Shemokin making adjustments and yeah. making the right adjustments and then just taking over. But again, that was a different football team that we saw at Kent Memorial Stadium with that two-touchdown lead. I mean, they were playing with a little bounce, a little spring in the step, especially when you had been dominated just a few weeks ago by this Jersey Shore mm-hmm. team, both offensively and defensively. And this is a really good Jersey Shore team. I mean, I thought this would be a team that would be in rebuilding mode, but they're not. I mean, they're playing sugar huddle. It's not really no huddle. It's very fast tempo. Everything right. comes in from the sidelines. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You see this an awful lot. All the signs come in from the sidelines. And I think in week two, especially early on, it kind of caught Shikalami's defense off guard, uh, especially not having that full summer practice that you normally have to get in shape right. for something like that. Yeah, I agree. That that becomes conditioning becomes a big issue, especially when you don't have a lot of numbers. Exactly. And, and so they take advantage of it. And it's smart. I mean it's a smart thing for them to do. But but I don't think that is gonna have the same impact now as it did in week two. I mean it's again still very good offense right there and throwing it what a seventy five percent completion rate, I mean that's unheard of. Yeah, no, that's that's really impressive. That's uh, seven o'clock tomorrow night, six thirty the airtime and um yeah, sorry about the. He's got eagles. I was sorry to hear about the vultures around your car. That was. That was. <laughs> I enjoyed I, Sunday. Uh, there were a couple of moments that I didn't enjoy very much. <laughs> I mean, it was it was nice to see Sanders have a good run. I wished it wouldn't have been that week. <laughs> But but I was glad he had a nice run, and I was really glad when the the game ended the way it did. Listen, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying the last time the Steelers were 4-0 to start the year happened twice, and it was 78-79, and those were Super Bowl years. I, yeah, make your own judgments. Does it say anything to you that one of the key members of that I actually work with now and doesn't play any longer? Uh, yes, so, it does. <laughs> and, I was, I was, and I purposely set you up for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, great to have you with us. Appreciate you very much. Thanks so much, Steve. Great to be with you. Great broadcast tomorrow night, at 7 o'clock, 6.30 your time with uh, Kevo and the Chief. All right, next half hour, Mark Wogan-Rich, final half hour, Brad Nessler. Uh, we were told that we had to have a minimum of two award-winning play-by-play guys on the show, so we have Kevin right. and we have Brad Nessler here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.